virtual reality is the next thing. You can literally make an art piece you can go and live inside of, and soon with AI solutions, it will probably interact with you. So the dream of Picasso of immersing someone into an art piece is now becoming literally true so that you can't even escape it even if you want to. So that is the direction of where art is going. Hello everyone and welcome to the Encrypted Podcast. Encrypted is the Middle East's largest podcast dedicated to blockchain, crypto and the fintech ecosystem. I'm your host, Ahmed Belaghi. In this episode, we talk about crypto art with our special guest, Vesa, who is an extremely talented artist. Me and Vesa discuss the origins of crypto art, what it actually is, why it matters and what to expect in the years to come. This episode was recorded in Jitex and the Future Blockchain Summit in Dubai, and we're super lucky to have recorded this in person and we actually used our equipment which we haven't used for quite some time now honestly it was pretty nice to actually finally meet people face to face again now before we start i want to give a shout out to our sponsor blockfinex the global cryptocurrency exchange where you could trade your cryptos in seconds with one of the fastest matching engines in the space and high liquidity you can trade your favorite cryptocurrencies quickly and seamlessly. Blockfinex offers one of the most competitive trading fees compared to industry-leading competitors, as well as a quick onboarding process for its users. You can find them at blockfinex.com. Also, I'd like to really thank those who've been supporting the show. And remember, you can support us in any way possible. You can subscribe, rate and review the show, sharing the podcast on your social media and any other way you feel like supporting. And now onto the show. Hello everyone and welcome to the Encrypted Podcast. I'm back here in Dubai. It's great to be here finally and also in a in-person live conference at the Jitex conference and we're here at the Future Blockchain Summit as well. And it's just amazing to see like how conferences have to sort of adapt to a new normal. And I'm very lucky to be joined by Vesa, who's an amazing artist. Not sure if I'm going to buy a painting or not. I still have to think about it. But yeah, Vesa, go on, say hello. Hey, Ahmed, and pleasure to be on Encrypted. And hopefully I'll be able to make a convincing enough of a case that you would really want to buy one. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know this was going to be a sales pitch. I'm joking. Oh, well, so, sort of always is. I mean, yeah. every artist hopes to sell, but That's I, don't want to, I don't want a single piece to go to anyone to whom they really don't bring a lot of pleasure and potentially gains. Absolutely. No, you're right. You're right. It's like, like, for example, I love watches, right? So like, I'm very like precise about my watches. And it's like, if I were to wear it, like, I always wear a watch. I have to wear a watch on my wrist, but I have to enjoy it. Same thing with art. It's like, you know, you want to enjoy it, which I totally get. Cool. So I guess before, before I go in, how, how are you finding the conference? How are you finding the vibes, you know, the in-person post-pandemic scenario? Well, there's so many layers to this, but I, I, I suppose first and foremost, it's good to meet people in person. Yes. <laughs> it's like, cause there, there's like, I'm, uh, I'm enough of an extrovert mm. that it's pretty painful not to be, and especially not to go to conferences because they're Absolutely. one of my favorite things and, and meeting people. And, and we are in that sense, an animal. Yeah. And even though crypto is all about trustless and this and that, but you kind of have to trust the people that you're dealing with to a certain degree. And, how you establish that is that you hang out with them. You get the yeah. macro expressions, you get the mannerisms and you, because no one can pretend to be something that they're not for a very long time. 
So when you're in the presence of them properly, I mean, people can pull off a half an hour on a Zoom call yeah. pretty well to be something else. But let's say you hang out with them for an evening and you, you kind of test and feel how it is. You'll get a pretty accurate picture of what is ahead of you. So from that perspective, it's fantastic to be among people yeah. and feel it out. From another perspective, it's my first time in Dubai properly. Oh, I, awesome. I was here nice. as a fly through when I was five years old. So obviously it's my virgin trip here properly. And to kind of infuse it, it's an education by the minute mm. and preconceived notions leaving, being at awe of some things and then realizing, well, maybe that's not for me. And you start to form the map of what Dubai is. But because of Anita and Pekka and of course, Dr. Marvan, yeah. I've been able to come direct to a sort of source of people that are yeah. amazing on so many multiple levels that it's been an absolute joy. Absolutely. Yeah, I also want to definitely thank Sunita Khalid and Oscar from the Dubai World Trade Center for allowing this to happen as well. Yes, Absolutely. for sure. Cool. So let's get into it. I mean, I'd love to hear a bit more about your background um, and, and really who is Vesa. Right. I suppose on a, on a mission level, who I am as a human being, how I see myself is probably a bridge builder. Okay. I mean, I was super inspired by people like Bruce Lee when I was a kid who brought together the East and the West and breaking down stupid stereotypes and help people live better lives and aspire to higher things and, and that kind of a thing. I'm a storyteller, essentially, I suppose, in one way, but there's a purpose to those stories of why I'm telling them. And then I use a multiple variety of tools in order to tell those stories. And to begin with, when I was a kid, it was music playing the guitar and making music all together in different ways, which evolved into professionally being film and photography, because those were the things where I was as interested in the theory side as well as creating these worlds. And it just came across as a more credible way to make a living rather than just wanting to be a rock star, because that was my dream when I was five. Uh, <laughs> nothing wrong with it. Well, well, actually, now that you think of it, what's happened to music, maybe a good swing altogether. But 12 years ago, I was at a crux point that I had to pay a lot of my production company fees and I drifted further and further away from what it felt like from the dream which was to make Hollywood A-list movies and tell these incredible stories and I had a crisis of everything and then I had an idea that perhaps I could body paint on people, photograph it, paint and macro photography mm -hmm. and Photoshop and lighting and directing and maybe I could come up with something that I hadn't seen before. And I kind of found this one crazy lady who agreed to come to my home studio even then, back then. And, and I was so nervous that I spilled the coffee like all over the floor when she came on. And it was all very adorable, I suppose, from one point of view. And this is over 12 years ago. But when I saw the first image that was this amalgam of these different forms in front of me, I realized that I had made something that no one had made before. It was in process of allowing people to go through some of their painful things and letting go of them and eternalizing them as art. Because if you think of oil painting for the traditional, like how you used to paint kings and their portraits and whatever, this is that, but much more complicated in terms of telling the story. But not only that, but the person is actually inside of the art piece because they become the art piece. That's true, because it's all about the facial expressions, capturing it at that moment and 
energy yeah, the, most the, uh, importantly yeah. energy who you are and your eyes to the soul because if you think that the, the the eyes are the portal to the soul i literally capture the eyes not an interpretation of the eyes but the true thing so that the person who's able who, who looks at the picture could feel yeah. that energy could yeah. see the story and the energy altogether it uh, depends on what, what what it is and but i had to find physical manifestations of them in order to make a living and I did pricing innovations and a yeah. bunch of different things that were very difficult to kind of make become a reality before blockchain solutions. Yeah. So I have a back catalog of about 350 digital mm. pieces now ready to become NFTs. And even though I did some notable things like the Vina Malik project that reached a lot of people and culturally was impactful, mm. I couldn't really find a footing in the legacy art system. Yeah. I felt like a round thing trying to go into a square yeah. thing. And, and basically when blockchain art happened, it was like a super highway opened. And yeah. all of these people who made sense to me, the, like the entrepreneurs and the builders. And, yeah. the, and it, then of course, these can now become a market force. And it, it's so beautiful. I'm so grateful to be in blockchain. Awesome. You, you mentioned the word NFTs. Could you just quickly describe what that is? For those listening, don't understand it, right? Because it's a new term. Okay, yeah. well, well, most of your audience will, will know Bitcoin and Ethereum and whatever. And there, there's a little bit of a cognitive dissonance going on in terms of the kind of smart contracts and things that are made so that a digital art piece, like let's say you have a picture of a Bitcoin, like you can right click and save the picture of the Bitcoin, but good luck trying to cash that in into your account. Yeah. Well, the same thing is true with a lot of these platforms that verify the art pieces on Bitcoin and Ethereum. So it's essentially the exact same technology that is associated with the image, and then it can be made into a unique digital collectible. Yeah. So it's so the there's very only opposite. one ever that will yeah. ever exist. It's counterintuitive because we are now used to thinking of, let's say, JPEG images in a way that computers as a system are very, very good at replicating things. Yeah. And this is the true innovation of blockchain: is to make scarce things happen in the digital realm. So that's how it is. If I make an art piece and I say it's only one of one, mm -hmm. then you can own it and you can trade it, you can sell it. And there's a variety of things that are now happening that are yeah. eventually going to be a trillion dollar industry. And I'm happy to elaborate on that and why that's really the case as we progress. Absolutely. Absolutely. So like one of the things sort of I want to delve into, right, is this transition from physical art to this digital art that we're seeing in nfts right i mean when i look at it and from the the marketplaces i've seen online it seems as if i kind of get it that okay you have this art piece which is on the blockchain but how do, you know how do they compare to the physical ones or is is it just a new market right which collectors just have more access to and, and that's it and how does this affect physical art and that market right because at least before, lots of people talked about tokenizing art, but NFTs is not really tokenizing art. It's like a new, I see it as a new form of, you know, a new market, right? With, with newer and crazier experimentations and, right? So I wanted to know your opinion around well, that. Well, just a while ago, I mean, artists, let's say classical painters, mm. some of them crazy enough, like Picasso, let's say with his yeah. piece Guernica. It's a topical piece about the Spanish Civil War, Second World War, Nazis, the horrors of it and the, the attack. But it's a massive canvas. And I think personally for me, I don't think it's one of Picasso's best paintings because he's so known for 
energy and skill. And I don't mm. think it, it transformed very well into this big piece that he wanted to make. Because I think the, the dream of an artist is to bring you in and immerse the audience into a, a, a complete experience. And sometimes you don't need more than a postcard to do that, depending That's on the true. power. Yeah. But let's say now with augmented reality, you can make the whole world into your gallery. Like I just became the brand ambassador to this new augmented reality platform oh, wow. called Super Rare. Oh, so uh, you know John? Uh, no, 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 sorry, oh, not no. Super Rare, uh, Super World. Super World. I okay, tokenized okay. some stuff on Super Rare. Okay, but yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm not for them. But essentially, that's one thing. But virtual reality is the next thing. You can literally make an art piece you can go and live inside of, and soon with AI solutions, it will probably interact with you. Mm. So the dream of Picasso of immersing someone into an art piece is now becoming literally true so that you can't even escape it even if you want to. Mm. So that is the direction of where art is going. One of the things in, in my keynote, because I had the audacity to say this, this will sound unbelievable to many people, but, but to me it's obvious and there's two reasons to it. Well, the thing is, first of all, that I think we're going to see in about five to ten years, we're going to see a digital art piece sell for more than any other physical art piece has ever sold before it. And the reason for it is that Travis Scott, this American rapper, just a while ago held a concert at Fortnite for 12.3 million people. Yes, he, he personally did. made 20 million out of this one gig, and I don't know what the sum total of everything that was made for everyone Crazy. was. Yeah, but it's one concert. And now imagine if I would have made the art around the space in which these 12 million people would have been, and you can buy the gig as well as the art that this all happened as a one-of-one one NFT. Oh, so it's like this NFT would capture... Captured this moment in time, in time. with 12 oh, million wow. people on the inside of it, and the whole space is yours to own. The whole space, interesting. Right. Because that space... Because just, just so for to give context, right? I mean, of course, Fortnite is a game where people go in and interact. When you say own space, you mean owning space in Fortnite? No, 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 no. Okay, what okay, I mean just, is like just, yeah. make an art creation that can mm. be transported into some form of... Mm. I'm not sure if that kind of thing exists yet, but it will but it probably will. be yeah, exactly. yeah, built yeah. soon. Mm. So this is what I mean of where, where that's going and why we would probably see it. But the, the other psychological phenomena behind mm. it is that especially here in Dubai, it's easy to see you have yeah. everyone has so much wealth, it's, it's staggering. Wealth is kind of common here. The one thing that is not common is exception, truly exceptional and unique things, which mm. is what everyone is after. Yeah. So imagine if that you, you do have your digital land and then you build your digital mansion or your digital yacht, you will still need to be able to show ownership so you didn't just right-click and save something on your mansion because that would be tacky, right? So the psychological need of you having exceptional things will transfer with steroids into the NFT and digital realms. So now there's a lot of very smart investors are now looking at those who are making some of the first incredible moves at the front of this art movement, what their art is going to be valued as very soon that even let's say you buy an art piece for me for a hundred thousand dollars it sounds like a lot of money but the objective is for you to resell it for four million very yeah, soon of course, yeah. and then the the other thing that happens is that you then get to access my whole network because become essentially become business partners yeah you need to make sure that i'm successful and i want my whole network to be a part of yours Absolutely. So these are the kinds of things that happen on the background. And I'm very privileged now to have notable collectors like Tone Vase as well as the Litecoin Foundation. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
Charlie Lee paid me direct in Bitcoin, which was kind of cool. Yeah. And all of these kinds of things are happening. And I've had the privilege of meeting and, and even collaborating with a lot of the most notable people in this mm. whole space. Before we move on, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Blockfinex. Blockfinex is the global cryptocurrency exchange where you could trade your cryptocurrencies in lightning fast speed. With Blockfinex, you trade with low fees compared to other exchanges. They have one of the fastest matching engines in the space with massive market leading liquidity so you can quickly and easily trade your favorite coins in seconds. Do make sure you pre-register before they launch for exclusive offers. You can find them at blockfinex.com. So I have a I have a quick question then. So you mentioned how people can sort of capture moments, right? Let's say in these virtual worlds. But thing is, in that context, if everyone is capturing their own, let's say, piece, right, then then you just have too much supply, right? Like, how do market forces basically find prices for, let's say, these things? Will it just, you know, will we see like one hit wonders? Because sure. I, I feel like that probably won't be sustainable. So it's like, let's say we're at this event in Jitex right now and there are 10,000 people here and, and 10,000 people have captured 10,000 different moments, right? And it's, let's say it's own NFT, but most of them won't be valuable. So would we see just, let's say a lot of garbage out there? Well, I think the first movers, like in technology and all together is that you have Google and Facebook for a reason. They got in early with a very functioning thing and they made their representations and reputations. And I think there's just the real cool thing about this altogether is that I don't think we get to go anywhere from the fact that there are some who will really be notable and make obscene amounts of money and things happen, but it's more in the democratization part, it's the yeah. bottom will come up much more. So people who used to be starving will be able to make a living and some of them are able to make a very comfortable living but like no one's going to care about someone just making an NFT of walking through this conference right yeah. now if, if there's 10,000 versions of them. I trust that the human ability to know and, mm. and feel out what is important and priority and become successful is, is just yeah. in us. Some of the things will rise and some will stay in the middle and some will be no one cares because i believe that where we'll probably be going and i think we're kind of seeing this is that people just follow the artists right so when it comes to let's say these if we're just talking about digital art on the blockchain as nfts then people just follow the artist itself and so any art in their collection will just go high in value if that artist is renowned and that's that's just how i see just maybe that the same let's say the similarity it will have with the traditional world of art, right? But like you said, the democratization, allowing, I'd say, more access for people like me who knows nothing about art, to go and buy something cool for a couple of hundred bucks or maybe even, let's say, $10,000 at one point if I wanted to. But it's, it's easy. I don't have to go to an auction, maybe. I could just bid online and I've got this, like, thing that's come to my wallet, right? And then I can maybe... And I think that's what's also awesome is that someone who probably has a couple of grand lying anywhere could really just invest in potentially great art. And because we're digitally native, at least for myself, it's like, yeah, I'd buy digital art. I wouldn't think twice maybe about buying something for $100, right, just to try it out. And I think that 
that will become a norm and a standard going forward. Yeah. Well, there's there's things like I mean, we, we were talking a little bit before, and you were yeah. saying what because having a podcast is a great excuse to get to know a lot of different people and talk yeah. and be open about things. Yeah. And I'd say just on the basis of this conversation and you having access to me to hear mm. me out, I've I've worked for 20 years to be able to condense this yeah, fairly well. <laughs> and I, w I would say that out of, let's say, the traditional art world, you are now nearly 100% more clued up mm. on what is happening and what's the future of art right yeah. now than they are. Yeah. Because we've had this talk. Mm -mm. So if I think of the staggering things and the slowness of the legacy system of what's going on, it's quite something. But there's also another thing what is happening in the crypto art and NFT scene, which is that it's almost like it's reinvented the wheel completely. And many of the things we need bridge builders for that reason is that some of the tradition and respectability and honor that is the tradition of art in thousands of years needs to be exported into the new realm. Yeah, yeah. And some of the enthusiasm and frontier line and the future of art needs to cross over a little bit in order for... Let's say because soon, right now, because of what happened with postmodernism and these big movements in, in society, being an art critic became an unviable profession almost in the legacy system. So we don't really have art critics in the new or the old world anymore. And I'm hoping one of the things will be that the art critic, being an art critic becomes a viable profession again properly due to the NFT innovation. Because let's say if you're a billionaire and you're looking to digitally art decorate the second deck of your new yacht or something like that. And it'll be the fanciest thing he wants to brag to his friends about and this and that. And then he knows a curator and this and that. You can never fully just trust someone in whose commercial interest it is to sell you a certain artist or a certain this or a certain that. I think art critics are people who really do it from their heart and some of them can be corrupted, of course. But they were never in it for the money. They were in it to the prestige of doing their true thing of assessing and refereeing the art. And then they made enough money to live. But then it becomes impossible to live and all, all that kind of stuff. So I'm hoping the true referees, the critics, will come in because they'll make enough money. And then those guys who are willing to put substantial millions into art pieces can better trust and jump on board because a part of the whole slice needs to be 100% integrity yeah. in order for things to move on properly. Absolutely. And what I also foresee as well and like to get your take on it, I think we touched upon it as well, but it's just physical art and sort of all the potential issues and, and the legacy issues that it has as well. But even with critics, having it in a digital form could basically mean when it's intertwined with AR, VR, and also even just gaming, right? In itself, you know, it's like, can a game in a way bootstrap itself by having really cool NFTs so that people could come in and, and actually look at, right? Or, or potentially come in and explore. It could be like an NFT unveil or like a, a digital art unveil at a, in a VR sort of scenario. It's just all these different possibilities are like just way more accessible, I feel. It's like if you wanted to go to an art unveiling, let's say, in New York, right, by this artist, and it's only New York, you, you have to go to New York, and that's the only place. And if there are no tickets or it's just sold out, then you just can't do it. But then if it's in a digital realm, and now even my mom uses Zoom before she never used Zoom, 
but like everyone is able to like actually access these things from just the, their bedroom really and they wouldn't have to think about going to another place to see their favorite artists to see their you know favorite collection and i think that's what's also interesting and it i don't know what forms of new business models it will enable i don't know what forms of new products it will enable but it'll be interesting to hear, like if you've been working in this regard you know working towards that future of what are the new things that could come next there's new things there's new opportunities but also there's one platform in particular that is getting a lot of flack right mm. now because it seems that it's the bots that buy everything oh, really? in the first second of the drop and the majority oh, wow. of the people who are on the second waiting to press the button when it comes hot online they're unable to get them because they've already gone so that's one new phenomenon that just came out of the bushes just wow. this year that is actually it makes sense it makes a lot of sense but that's it, it leaves a lot of ground for some bad word for well. no, but even <laughs> the washing machine of, yeah. of things and it's just the reality i mean even even if let's say with the physical pieces it mm. used to be that i can make a paper certificate to go along with it yeah it's much better than i can do a bitcoin certificate now and it's yeah. verified on the blockchain with pictures but with nfts now if it's a whitelisted artist uh, let's say something like known origin or a blockchain art exchange then if I make it and you follow me, you 100% know the authenticity of yeah. the source of it all. And it's a well-known industry secret that even though Sotheby's and Christie's have the biggest muscle in the whole business and the resources mm. to verify art, it can be up to 50% of their catalog that are fakes. <laughs> it's that bad mm. in, the, in the legacy world. So this is one of, part of the revolution of NFTs is you truly can know it. But then you have other platforms where they just, they don't care about copyright and anything goes and people rip each other off and do whatever. It, it's going to go absolutely bananas, this whole faking business and yeah. you just not knowing whatever but then interoperability of platforms will come so even if you've tokenized on wax you'll get caught if you also do it on ethereum and maybe the image somehow manipulation tactics won't work as well it's it's mm. the forever cops and robbers thing but this is why this is such a golden opportunity on nfts if you now buy something that i've tokenized on super rare yeah it'll be very very difficult to claim that it's not that it yeah. you can 100 percent claim that it is but soon it will be a jungle so this is a good time to get in absolutely and just to touch on the nft point as well right now i'm just looking at figures for those of you who don't know that the actual volume in terms of total nft sales in all time it's nearly touching 150 million dollars right. which is pretty amazing right i mean it's not at a billion yet and that's okay but it's like this is early adopters yeah, super early. Right, it's super early and we're already at $150 million, which is absolutely insane. And for me, I just wish I had more time to actually study NFTs like deeply because there are also these other gaming platforms like Decentraland, The Sandbox, Somnium Space. Mm. They're like virtual worlds where you could like buy land. And I've seen friends of mine, they bought land and they put their NFTs in the land and I'm just like... <laughs> This is great, but I, I just don't know what that, that could mean and like how they do it. I just find it fascinating because the thing is, it's just, I mean, it's just like when it comes to these new forms of art, right? Other than just the financial gain, how do you foresee now, we talked about energy. How do you foresee these NFTs, especially the NFTs that you want to make in the future, give that energy out, right? Because it's not a physical painting anymore. 
Do you understand? Sure. Maybe maybe at? if I answer it like this, of what yeah. a, one natural progression is, is that I have a gallery on crypto voxels. Oh, okay. And it's built into the shape of the Giza pyramid with the right proportions. If you think of a traditional gallery, no. So you go to a white-walled gallery mm. with some art pieces, and it's a cold atmosphere and a little bit, you know, yeah. this kind of thing. Yeah, so I've I made been to a, the white-walled one. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So they're kind of like copy-pasted all of them. Yeah. But it's like I made this digital gallery that is the shape of the pyramid. There's secret rooms embedded which there are some of my favorite documentaries about Egypt and its mysteries. Okay. There's my art pieces everywhere that can be sold as NFTs. We hold meetups over there, virtual meetups where people can join all over the world. And I have my own token called Cashtag Vesa, which is made with the role guys. So, oh, okay, nice. so awesome. I make treasure hunts for my own tokens there. I embed QR codes into the hidden places and sort of gamify the art experience. And it was the most rudimentary version. Now, the one that we're working with on Superworld is, imagine Google Maps, right? Yeah. It's essentially that, but with 0.1 Ethereum, you can buy a plot of land that is 100 meters and 200 meters of the imposed virtual world on our world. So I bought a bunch of pretty cool stuff, among yeah. them actually the Museum of the Future, which I now gift to Dr. Marwan when he awesome. just joins it so I can give it to him as a one part of my thank you to him. But I also bought the Karnak Temple in Egypt. And essentially what we're going to do is that we're going to embed an art gallery into the ruins of Karnak and make it into a virtual new thing so that the old and the present merges with the future in, into the same sort of thing. And what's exciting about it, and I actually wanted to buy the Dubai Mall, but that was already bought. No. Uh, because, because, and Burj Khalifa as well. Because wow. the, the exciting thing about the ownership is that whatever virtual reality or augmented reality thing happens on that platform that people make sales from when they create their own universes, because you can create your own virtual reality anywhere and we can share each other's thing. But whatever happens commercially from the plot of land that you've bought, you will get a cut from. So imagine all of the companies in the Dubai mall that will implement augmented reality. And if this platform becomes a success, you own the Dubai mall virtual reality amazing. space yes. of a platform like potentially Facebook. Wow. I, I need to stop podcasting and go full time. Into <laughs> I'm joking. No, no, we I've just been so busy with my startup that I haven't really got into like NFTs is on my to-do list, right? And like, I think now it's up, it's gone up another level just so that I could get to it quickly. No, amazing. I mean- Well, there's um, two ways you can get my consultation. The one is to directly pay me for my consultation, but I'm, <laughs> if you buy some of my art, I'm very happy to give you some of my time. I think- I'll give you some I, uh, of my time anyway. I'm just only no, joking. No, I, <laughs> but for the listeners out there, if you're interested in this whole NFT scene or getting into the ecosystem, that's a very direct offer. Awesome. No, thank you so much. If anybody wants to get in contact with you, how can they get in contact? Well, the main website where you can find pretty much everything is artforcrypto.com. And another platform with the body painting stuff is artevo.org, A-R-T-E-V-O.org. And on Twitter and Instagram, it's artbyvesa, V-E-S-A. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Art by Vesa. <laughs> thank you so much, my friend. <laughs>